exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. WDBM East Lansing. Bringing you sports from NBA to NHL to NFL and more. But more importantly, bringing you the full rundown on MSU Spartan Sports. We cover it all. Get us on the phone at 432-3893. And now, the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Happy Turkey, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact 89FM. I'm your host, Alex Sharg, every Monday from 7 to 8 on your FM dial. Always remember, you can listen online if you're getting out of your car, if you're getting away from your radio. Always tune in online at impact89fm.org. Again, that's impact89fm.org. You can listen, you can uh, click on a listen live now link that will give you uh, the option to hear uh, the Spartan Sports app on the live anywhere in the world. You can be out of the country, in the country. You could be in Antarctica. You can maybe hear it. But besides for that, this is, of course, a big week in sports, as it is as usual. Uh, with Turkey this week, we get a Turkey trophy for Miguel Cabrera winning the AL MVP. A big congrats to him from Detroit Faithful and those Tiger supporters. Uh, we also have the big Turkey game with the Houston Texans, the Detroit Lions face them this Thursday, November 22nd at at uh, Ford Field. That is going to be a fabulous game to watch, and we'll see if the beloved Detroit Lions can do something to start their season and put it in the right direction. And with that game, we will see who can eat more turkey than the Dominican Sioux, because I don't know if anyone really can. Uh, so basically, if it is your first time listening, let me describe to you how the show uh, it, how the show works. Uh, we start off with MSU Sports First. We touch mainly with football, basketball. If you want to hear a little bit of volleyball, a little bit of hockey, because that's starting to get into full swing, let us know. Tweet at us at 89FM Sports Rap. Uh, also, feel free to call in 517 432 3893. Again, the number is 517 432 3893. So we jump from MSU Sports to local and then national. Uh, we do have listeners from all over as far as Miami and Mexico City. As we did have one last week. We have some as far as is uh, San Jose State in California and Miami, Florida. So we appreciate all those who support the Impact and the Spartan Sports app and remind listeners that they may always listen once a week. Uh, if it is your first time tuning in, uh, you have to know that each week we usually have a special guest, um, usually some kind of uh, journalist, reporter, someone who is in the scenes when it comes to Detroit and local MSU sports and, and in the future, actually, sometimes a little bit of national and of course of course we're going to have some athletes too so you definitely want to keep staying tuned week by week this week considering it is thanksgiving we're not going to have a special guest on today uh, we're going to have an open line show so again 517-432-3893 you can call at any point during the show uh, from a variety of different topics uh, at 710 we're going to start with big 10 expansion with the news of maryland and ruckers uh not officially yet, but sometime this week they will be added to the Big Ten Conference. We're going to talk about that. Uh, is this doubting the ACC Conference? Is it the right move for the Big Ten? Mark Hollis came out and talked a little bit about that, so we'll get to his comments and more at 7.10. 7.20, MSU football, they had the hopes of making it to a Gator Bowl that is now out of the picture, dropping another game this past weekend at Spartan Stadium. Five losses at home this season. Who would have thought? Uh, we're going to get to that at 7.20. 7.30. MSU basketball is now in full swing. Uh, with that win, uh, excuse me, with that loss against UConn, uh, 
what were your expectations? Should they have pulled it out in Germany? Of course, that was a big game overseas. We're going to talk a little bit about Russell Bird, who is the captain. A lot of expectations for him, but he just cannot get the ball in the hoop lately. Also, our big men play. Derek Nix week by week. I rant about him. David, of course, you know, comes in with his insight. We'll get to that at 7.30. 7.40 with Thanksgiving. Is this your old, same typical Lion team? Is Titus Young a bust? We'll get to that at 7.40. 7.50, Detroit Pistons, who thought they would win their first game at all within the last uh, week or two. They they eventually did win at least one game. So good to see a little progression, although it is not you know any any near close to to uh, improving that that team sometime soon. And of course, 7.55, we have our Goon of the Week. And this week, we're going to extend it to Goons of the Week because at first we were going to go with this one former MSU basketball player, but there's just one guy that just makes it so much better. So we're going to get to that at 7.55. A big part of the show is our question of the week. How that works is each week I ask a question at the Sports Wrap. And if you can guess the question correctly, you will have the opportunity to win a gift certificate courtesy of Peter Pit. The Impact would like to remind listeners that they may win once per week. If you want more information, go online at www.petapitusa.com. Uh, of course, we appreciate the Peter Pit's continued support and remind, of course, they may win once per week. So the question of the week this week, uh, it's eh, I'll leave it to you if you think it's tough or not. But what year was the worst Detroit Pistons start in franchise history? What year was the worst Detroit Pistons start and what was the record for that year so far? So if you know the answer to that question, it shouldn't be too hard. Making it a little bit easier this week, you can tweet at 89FM Sports Wrap. You can also call in. We got Dylan behind the glass there taking calls, getting those on the on the air who want to, you know, uh, who want to who want to talk a little bit about some of the topics, or if you want to put in your answer for question of the week, you may have the opportunity to win. So that for the number of that, again, 517-432-3893. David DeFever, who is the co-host, will be joining us within the last 30 minutes of the show when we get to a little bit about the Lions, a little bit about MSU basketball. So very excited to have him on as the show continues. But to start, as we start every week, the Chad Ocho Zero segment continues. Uh, in past weeks, he was seen speaking to the Florida Gators. Uh, I don't know who really gave him the opportunity to do that, but they they definitely saw some kind of uh, some kind of helpfulness that that would offer to his team. So he did speak with the Gators. He did uh, break up with his wife, uh, Evelyn Lozada. Uh, it didn't last very long. And it's also a hint that Chad Johnson could make his way back to a pro uniform. He's jobless right now. He's been visiting the Texans. Uh, He's been visiting a couple other teams. And this week, new about Chad Johnson, Evelyn Lozada is taking him to court. He hasn't paid child support along with actually Akon's brother, the, 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 well-known, uh, the well-known vocalist in Akon. Uh, both of them have not paid child support, but for Chad Johnson's sake, he owes $5,200 of child support, uh, $5,250 to be exact, and that will have to go to child support or else Evelyn Lozada will take him to jail. That is what she is saying. Uh, she also claims that he has been late 
with other legal documents besides for the child support. So, of course, nothing new in terms of him getting himself into an NFL uniform again. Uh, any comments, questions, concerns about Chad Johnson? 517-432-3893. So now... It is about to approach 710. We're going to get right into the show, uh, basically the main topics, and how we're going to start the show off today. We're going to talk some Big Ten expansion because that is certainly an issue uh, that many fans, many alumni, many Big Ten supporters are definitely questioning. So to start, for those of you who have not heard, Maryland officially is allowed into the Big Ten Conference. Uh, They join now, making it 13 teams. Uh, Rutgers, not announced officially yet. They will make it 14 at some point this week, whenever that will be. A lot of controversy behind it because this Big Ten Conference, as as many of you know, has, has constantly been compared to the SEC. The SEC also compared as a whole nother level of football. And that's just speaking in football concerns. Now, if you want to compare the Big Ten Conference and revenue, they are definitely up in the top tier. But they definitely want to expand and make more revenue, regardless of their already uh, of their already stance. You know, when it comes to making that money and making that revenue. So, with the expansion, Mark Hollis came out today, and this was written by uh, a guest who has been on the sports app before, Diamond Long from M Live. He talked about. What Mark Hollis said and what he sees as Big Ten expansion. This is what Mark Hollis had to say. Quote, It's a bit of frustration for somebody who grew up in the Big Ten Conference. I think bringing Maryland in, I'm looking forward to those games. I think they're going to be great. I think there's going to be good competition. But who do I want to play? I want to play Michigan or Ohio State or Northwestern and Wisconsin and all the way through the Big Ten Conference. The more you dilute that, you really get concerned, end quote. So Hollis, uh, he is not necessarily opposed to Maryland joining, but he definitely doesn't see necessarily the the prime effort of getting a game against that Maryland Terrapin team. So uh, with, uh, with what he did say, he did continue on to say this, quote, there's no question that the impact of what was happening around the country with conference alignment expanding uh, put the Big Ten Conference in a situation where you almost call this a necessity. So let's take a moment and talk about what is so necessary with this Big Ten Conference. 517-432-3893. You tell me what is the most important thing in adding these te- uh, well now these two teams to the Big Ten Conference. Is it necessarily the revenue? Does Big Ten lack with the revenue that most conferences don't lack? Is it the competition? Is it start with football? Does it start with lacrosse who is struggling to get that Big Ten Conference D1 kind of lacrosse teams underway? Uh, what is it about the revenue that people really want to see the Big Ten succeed and especially the Big Ten Conference for expanding uh, to start? So uh, if you know or have an answer for that, 517-432-3893 is the number. And of course, our question of the week what year was the worst Detroit Pistons start in franchise history? What year and what was the record? If you know the answer to that question, feel free to tweet as well at 89FM Sports Wrap. Uh, that is for your chance to win some Pita Pit Bucks. So if you know the answer to that, if you want to tweet potential win some prizes, you need to do that immediately because we're already starting to get some tweets in. So definitely stay tuned and make sure that you win once per week and continue to tweet. So with back to Big Ten Expansion... 
Mark Hollis obviously with some very strong words when it comes to you know what it is you know what it's really like expanding and basically the consequences of it. So before I get to that as well, let's take a moment and talk about uh, Maryland as a football team because this Maryland Terrapin team just to start, uh, let's look at some of the guys that have moved on to the professional level because you know as much as this Maryland team does have its issues, this Maryland football team does produce pro talent start with Sean Hill. Sean Hill, not even drafted back in 2002, made his way into a Lion uniform, former Maryland Terrapin. Let's start with Jermaine Lewis, pro bowler, three-time pro bowler from the Baltimore Ravens, started at Maryland. So although they are not, you know, the most presence in terms of competing, coming from the ACC, they still stand a chance. Let's go to the phones. You're on the FM Sports Wrap. Who is this? Where are you calling from? Uh, this is Dave. I'm calling from East Lansing. Dave, welcome to the show. Any comments on the revenue of adding Maryland to the Big Ten Conference? Well, you have to recall that uh, the Big Ten is more than athletics. It also represents academics. Yeah. Uh, we're an uh, AAU research-intense university, and so the selection of universities to join the Big Ten has not only athletic uh, ramifications, but also academic so, that, having been, that having been said, um, I think it's important to uh, realize that there will be financial uh, realities uh, in adding uh, East Coast teams, um, revenue from state-generated uh, uh, sources will become less as time goes on. And uh, from an academic uh, standpoint, to retain excellence, we will need to find revenue sources through athletics uh, like the move that has been done. Dave, first off, I want to appreciate you calling in, uh, to appreciate for you calling in on the sports wrap today. Uh, second, what are those financial, you know, those financial additions that you were talking about? Well, think of the market uh, expansion. Remember that uh, commercials are sold based on the number of individuals that tune into a sporting event. And uh, if you add the East Coast market uh, to the Big Ten network, mm-hmm. uh, that certainly will expand the uh, the commercial revenue that will then filter down to the various universities. Uh, that's I, I believe that's uh, one of the financial reasons uh, to do it. I think there's sound uh, reasons. Academically linking uh, faculty at uh, outstanding institutions like uh, the University of Maryland yeah. and Rutgers, uh, I think also is, is a plus. Uh, A.D. Uh, Hollis, uh, an outstanding mind. We're so fortunate to have him. Absolutely. Um, uh, I think uh, his his point is uh, is well received. I like to play Wisconsin any day of the week rather than the Terrapins. Right. But uh, there there are these other uh, uh, pressing realities. Now, now, is there any concern about adding a Rutgers team? Because of course, you know, from the ACC with Maryland as much revenue as they may bring, uh, one might argue that maybe there are some other teams out there, Dave, that may deserve the nod over a Rutgers team. How about a Notre Dame team? Although they are you know, not necessarily that best fit being a Catholic school, they may be a better fit than Rutgers. What are your thoughts on that? I think uh, the faculty at Notre Dame might uh, appreciate joining with the um, Big Ten and the uh, the academic name of uh, CIC for the Big Ten uh, I don't think the Notre Dame alumni uh, want to lose their independence, uh, and I, I think central administration at Notre Dame uh, 
uh, also um, wonders about their independence. And I think that's very important to Notre Dame. And as you know, uh, they remain independent in the uh, gigantic revenue source of football. Mm-hmm. And, and another thing to also look at, you know, that Big Ten logo started with the Big 11, which many people thought with that first logo. Now it looks like they may add two more teams uh, by 2016 with the with the I in the big looking like a one, the G looking like a six. Your thoughts on that? Will they add two more teams? Uh, Dave, any? It seems that you have definitely uh, studied up on you know the Big Ten expansion, what has happened so far. Any clues to what those two teams may be, if not any at all? Well, I don't think any of your listeners would be surprised if we broke into two eight-team divisions uh, down the line mm-hmm. or uh, four four-team uh, groupings, um, there are national advantages to that. Uh, so I, I think uh, adding two more teams down the line uh, would not be a surprise to anybody that's listening to your show. Mm-hmm. In terms of the teams that would be added, I'm sure that would be studied quite carefully uh, by the uh, conference members. And again, uh, we're interested in AAU research-intense universities for not only the athletic uh, visibility, but the research visibility that is one of the underpinnings of all the uh, member conferences of the Big Ten. Yeah, great point. Uh, now, I want to talk about this with you real quick, Dave. Uh, just a last question here. Uh, from a from a football perspective, because with this Big Ten expansion, MSU football, obviously improving year by year, uh, dating back to 06 when they did miss that ball, uh, how will this affect recruiting? Do you see maybe those good council kids starting to sway into more Big Ten schools? Do you see Michigan State maybe jumping into the, the state of Maryland and swaying some kids? And, and even on the other end, Dave, do you see Maryland going into Ohio, going into Michigan, stealing some of these guys that Michigan constantly relies on each year? Well, um, I think the... Um that all remains to be seen. I don't think any of us would be uh, surprised if kids from Washington, D.C. begin to look at East Lansing as a place they may want to go. Certainly, mm-hmm. Michigan State will have more exposure in Baltimore, uh, Washington, D.C., Virginia. Uh, Rutgers is uh, quite uh, popular uh, regarding New York, New Jersey, and Philadelphia. Right. And uh, there's some incredible talent in uh, those metropolitan areas. So, uh, I, I believe uh, we will see more kids beginning to wonder about what life as a Spartan might be, and uh, we might be pleasantly surprised about how it might help us. Absolutely. Dave, uh, I'm going to actually go to one more question before, uh, you know, with Maryland Rutgers expanding, you know, there could be changes, like you said. I obviously agree. Uh, many of those kids, some some good talent coming up from those New Jersey schools, uh, they obviously will definitely give a look into coming to East Lansing now. But uh, ideally, with the schedule they have next year planned already, uh, it is a much easier schedule for this MSU football team. Uh, do you expect it to be a little bit harder along the road now with the future scheduling of Maryland and Rutgers? Uh, harder in terms of winning or harder in terms of the logistical realities? You know what? I think a little bit of both. Um, I think uh, winning uh, still comes down to an unusual uh, combination of talent coaching, luck, uh, how the schedule pans out, all those things. It's, uh, as you uh, know, it's, it's quite complex. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe uh, we will continue to win. Uh, I believe this year has been an aberration, most regrettably. 
but uh, certainly the town is there, the coaching is there, and I think uh, we're, uh, we're going to benefit from next year's schedule. In terms of adding a Rutgers and Merlin, those are uh, hefty trips. Uh, there's no question about it. It's not like uh, going over to Ann Arbor or down to Columbus. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I think uh, basically you're talking about individuals that get on a plane uh, and will have to travel two hours rather than one hour. Instead of Bloomington, uh, they'll have to go over to New Brunswick, which might be an additional hour, something like that. Absolutely. So I, I think it'll work out. All right, that, oh, that remains to be seen. Let's hope it does. Dave, I appreciate you calling in on the show. But before you go, any any uh, opinion on the question of the week? Any answer? The last, uh, actually, the worst Detroit Pistons start in franchise history. Do you know what year it is? Uh, I would say that's uh, 2012. <laughs> Absolutely. Dave, congratulations. You have won the question of the week. Uh, why don't you call Dylan back uh, back on the line that you originally called from, and he'll give you some information on where to go and receive your Pita Pit bucks, courtesy of Pita Pit. Congratulations, Dave. You take care. You take care too, Dave. Bye now. Bye. So we heard it from Dave himself. Some very good points. Uh, he obviously studied up a lot on the Big Ten expansion. He said it himself. Going back to New Brunswick, you know, an additional hour of time. That is going to be pretty difficult for some of these kids. Not only is it going to be difficult, let's look at the cost for the athletic department. We're not Oklahoma State with more than $200 million in the budget for athletics. I mean, this is a Michigan State athletic department. You know, we do have the 40,000 plus kids. I'll give you that. But it's not going to be that easy with the expansion, with the revenue, to necessarily you know, fund a lot, of these, uh, a lot of these trips. It's going to be a lot of work, you know, flying all the way to New Brunswick, like he said, flying all the way out to Maryland, losing an additional hour. And it's going to be interesting to see you know, how that recruiting pipeline will eventually start out east. Again, if you have any last comments on the Big Ten expansion, feel free to call in if you agree with Dave, if you agree with myself or disagree. 517-432-3893 is the number. We're going to actually move on to MSU football right now and that last game against Northwestern, which was pitiful in the slightest concerns. But uh, we're going to get a little bit into that. So if you do want to get your last thoughts in on Big Ten Expansion, feel free to call in. We'll jump to that if you decide to call. MSU football. Oh, I've been waiting to get to this subject because you know there comes a time and place after you know, after this heart of a Spartan era, that we expect this team to flatter us, we expect you, we expect more than eight to nine. You know, we expect eight to nine wins each year. We expect our quarterbacks to be elite. We expect our defense to constantly compete. We expect a team that shouldn't miss half of its field goals from their kicker. I don't understand. Why every single game, Dan Conroy decides to miss at least one field goal. This isn't a Division II kicker. This is the Michigan State Spartans who, for the last five years, have competed in many bowl games across the country. And for this Michigan State team, I'm not so sure that they would be so pleased with Dan Conroy that he'd kick again next year. We do have three kickers on the roster. As I explained in recent weeks, we have Kevin Muma. We've got a lot of other guys who can easily step into that role and make field goals. One made field goal in that game would be a tie game. Now, obviously, there were many things that went wrong during that game besides missing the field goal. There were many things from the offense. I never pictured six drop balls from the Michigan State Spartans again. Again. 
again and again and again after, week by week, the, the wide receiving and, and Rouchard and all that offense, by week, they consistently work and progress on catching balls and getting a little bit better. But it remains to be seen whether they will still drop balls even against Minnesota next week. So for those of you who do not know, the Michigan State Spartans, they do need one more win. One more win to make a bowl to be bowl eligible. And they remain to not have that win uh, after the last couple of weeks. All they, need is, all they need is one more. They play Minnesota next week. Uh, that's not going to be an easy task. If they lose that game against Minnesota, which hopefully they won't, and they are expected to win, if they lose that game, what kind of questions will arise from the inner workings of the football team? Do you take a look at D'Antonio? Do you take a look at Maxwell playing again next year? Let's jump to Maxwell just for a second here because, you know, we said it from the beginning. They beat Boise State in that first game. That was great. The hype was there. They continued in the second game. You know, they beat the Central. They beat the Eastern Michigan teams. And then, you know, they dropped the big games. They just can't close them out. Losing five games by 13 points. Now, you know, with as close as games as those have been, Andrew Maxwell in that offense has had plenty to do with all of those losses. Now, going down the field, many drives during the game, we've seen Maxwell be very inconsistent. Now, I'd argue that if Maxwell doesn't win this game and if Michigan State fails to win and reach a bowl, I wouldn't expect him to be a quarterback next year, and I'll tell you why. There's a young quarterback named Damian Terry coming in from Erie, Pennsylvania. Uh, he's very mobile. Not Remain to be seen if he's as accurate as Maxwell, but there's a lot of promise in this kid. And if Maxwell cannot continue to progress like many think he should, I'm not so sure if he will remain to be starting. If you agree, if you disagree, 517-432-3893 is the number. You can also tweet at 89FM Trap. Any questions, comments, concerns, topics on Damian Terry and Andrew Maxwell, our future of the program. Uh, of course, they do have a much easier schedule. What are your thoughts on the schedule next year and the game Saturday? Uh, your thoughts on the legacy of this year's team. How do you describe it? Pick one word to describe this year's team. I don't know if I could figure out that one word because, you know, with the way that this team has gone, they are so inconsistent itself that there's no way to describe, you know, the successes of this year. 517-432-3893 is the number as usual. Another thing to note about that game, do they continue on to a bowl game? So they are projected to go to the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl that takes place in Arizona uh, that is going to be the first time they've been to that bowl in quite a while. And if you do not remember, the last time that MSU did not make a bowl was back in 2006. And that was back with the John L. Smith era uh, that was quite uh, not the best sight to see when it comes to MSU football. Of course, you know, go, dating back to John L. Smith, uh, even even before that, there have been plenty of games where they beat Michigan by by a score. They've they've won some very very close games. They've been able to close out games, but this year it's different than most other years. One might argue that it's the experience. One might argue that although the defense was projected to be top tier, there were plenty of holes that were that were not analyzed correctly, and that led to the demise and fall of this year's team. Is that true? 
do you expect more from the corners? Do you expect more from a wide receiver, inexperienced core? Because although that this team was projected to do well, on the offensive side of the ball, limitless question marks. Limitless in terms of the receivers. There is not one receiver on that team that played more than three games last year. Not sure if that's your, you know, if that's your eight nine win team. So is this, you know, a fair, a fair finish for this team? Although they were projected to do much better and they are expected to do much better, if you look at it from the bigger picture, I would argue that they are doing as what their roster expects. What with the given players they have, this is the best they can do. I would argue, can make a valid point. Again, we're going to jump to a quick break in just a minute here on the Spartan Sports Wrap. The number 517-432-3893. Congratulations to Dave from East Lansing for getting our question of the week correctly. Again, that's this year, 2012. That is the worst start in the Detroit Pistons franchise history, going 0-8 to start the year, finally getting their first win, making it 1-8. But again, coming up after the break, MSU basketball at 730 Detroit Lions football at 740. There's going to be quite a quarrel when it comes to Titus Young, his suspension for the game this week, and more, even from the coaches. And again, 750, we're going to jump into Detroit Pistons basketball. And to cap off the show at 755, we have our traditional goon of the week. And we're going to add the S to the end of the goon this week and have two goons to cap off this turkey week. Again, Thanksgiving week. Excited to be here at the Spartan Sports Wrap. We'll be back after this short break. Keep your t- keep your radio dialed to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact 89FM. You're listening to Impact Exposure. Smoking helpline. Yes, I need to start smoking right away. Excuse me? I need to start smoking. Well, actually, it's the Stop Smoking Helpline. The people in the apartment next to mine smoke three packs a day, and it drives me crazy. So I'm thinking four packs will do it. I think you want mysmokefreeapartment.org. It gives you the information you need to work toward a smoke-free apartment building. A smoke-free building? Without all that smoking? Uh, yeah, that's right. Make your apartment smoke-free without making a stink. Mysmokefreeapartment.org. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime. where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Wednesday nights from 8 until midnight, it's the Impact's Accidental Blues, your source for great blues music, news, and concert information. Only on Impact Primetime. Hola, my name is Esperanza. After a tragic incident, I was forced from a life of riches in Mexico to a life of poverty in the United States. My mother has become ill and we have become separated from our family. Now I must work for both of us to try to bring the rest of our family together. My name is Esperanza and I am trying to survive. Explore new worlds. Read my story in the novel Esperanza Rising by Pam Munoz Ryan. For other great book ideas, visit your local library or log on to literacy.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Now back to Impact Exposure. Welcome back to the Impact Exposure. This is the Spartan Sports Wrap. I'm Impact 89 FM. I'm Alex Sharg. I am your host as usual every Monday. If you are just tuning in, 
David DeFever, who is usually the co-host, should be joining us any minute now, and we will get to more topics in sports, uh, many more to come. David actually just walking in. What a good timing for David to come in with his longboard by hand. Uh, Before the break, uh, I want to catch you up if you are just tuning in. We talked a little bit about Big Ten expansion, what it means to have a Maryland team in the Big Ten, although they do come from an ACC conference, historically. Produce some pretty good professional players, uh, guys that currently are playing uh, today. And I want to talk about a couple of those for a second before we jump to some more topics. Uh, some very notable guys that are that, that, that did come out of Maryland that are currently playing on NFL teams or have currently played on NFL teams. How about three-time Pro Bowler Sean Merriman? How about Chris Jenkins, defensive tackle for the Carolina Panthers, four-time Pro Bowl and three-time All-Pro? Another guy, very prominent guy to note, is Dominic Foxworth, quarterback for the Denver Broncos, very influential on that team, and even Vernon Davis, tight end for the San Francisco 49ers, straight out of Maryland and very impactful. And let's not forget the year that Al Davis and the Oakland Raiders, back in 2009, drafted Darius Hayward Bay. Those thought that it was a little bit of a reach to grab a guy like that for a year of the Oakland Raiders that definitely needed some improvement. And even our very own Dan Gronkowski. Detroit Lions uh, tight end. Uh, that was back in 2009 that they drafted him in this. Uh, what round was that? I believe uh, that that round was the seventh round. Uh, they did. I think it was a 46 pick or something like that. But yeah, Dan Gronkowski, a lion uh, that did come out of that Maryland program. So I wouldn't quite him doubt yet. Even our Sean Hill did come out of that Maryland program as well. Other things to note before we get into it: that MSU football game. Andrew Maxwell fumbling the ball at the one-yard line. Uh, that definitely cost them the game. Uh, it remains to be seen if that coaches, if really it is the coordinators, will 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 D'Antonio make some moves at the end of this year? I don't really know. Let's just give it over to David now, who just walked in. David, I know you caught the game. We just actually had a caller that went a little bit into how the new Big Ten expansion will impact recruiting, it will impact the conference and revenue. Uh, your thoughts on the game and expansion? Yeah, um, game, yes, definitely. The the fumble on the one yard was horrible, and everyone didn't expect that to happen. Also, um, poor decisions from Maxwell that I saw throughout the game. Um, not recognizing one-on-one coverage on one of the interceptions, throwing it into some two-man traffic. Wasn't really impressed with that. Um, dropped balls again by the wide receivers, not protecting the ball, as we've seen in the Lions game as well from our, another quarterback, Matt Stafford. Um, as far as the expansion, I think it's going to be good for the Big Ten. With Maryland, I'm not sure how Rutgers is really going to pan out with the competition. They're not really known in the sports program or in the football basketball program which are the two biggest here at state but maryland i like as for recruitment yeah that might you know there might msu and other big 10 schools might bump heads you know looking for high school recruits and such like that but i think it's going to be good for the program as as well as televising games that those teams don't see outside of their you know hometown networks and espn very good, very good points. Uh, now, did you catch a little bit of the basketball game, the one in Ramstein, Germany, when they did play UConn coming into this week? They did play and knock off Texas Southern the other night, uh, which some expected might have been a little bit closer than it was. Uh, they did win by about 30 points. So yeah. uh, your expectations from that game, what you liked, what you didn't like, and, and your future predictions for the Spartans? 
Yeah, um, I think the Spartans are finally getting things situated with their starting lineup and how they want to approach games with their front five. And I saw the question you gave me, do you think we should have beat UConn? No, I don't think we should have, even though we were ranked and not them. And I don't care who you are. UConn's always going to be a solid basketball team. I believe that's their main program for both women's and men's basketball. And they finally are getting things together and how to approach games and bringing in bench players. Um, Gary Harris just being the freshman that we all expected him to be, Big Ten freshman of the week. Um, As far as Russell Bird and his status, not too impressed. Haven't really seen much out of him. Um, I think the season's going to go pretty well. Um, From what I've seen so far, I think we're finally getting getting into a groove of things. And um, I see this team going pretty far this season. Now, we are playing Boise State tomorrow uh, in East Lansing with those that expected, you know, uh, that do expect it to be a fairly easy win compared to football. Yeah. That's a whole other story. Uh, are you looking to see, uh, do you think they're going to give the ball more to Bird tomorrow? Uh, him not really, I think he only had two points last game. Yeah, uh, one for a, like six or something. One like for that. six, yeah, missed a lot of shots. Uh, uh, what were your thoughts uh, on Bird? You think it's getting into his head a little bit? This is the captain. Yeah, I, as a team captain, he's got to be one that you can rely on and, you know, have him step up in big game situations. And just right now, he hasn't had the opportunity or even gave us the chance to see what he can produce as an MSU Spartan. And being being a captain, we figured he'd be one that can produce. But right now, the spotlight has been on Gary Harris, and I think that's obvious to all. Absolutely. Now, I'm going to argue with you just a little bit here because although they do need to rely on their captain, there are other captain qualities that I think he is, is, is definitely the guy for. He's definitely that vocal leader on the court. We've seen him off inbound passes. We've seen him, you know, directing guys when it comes to place. You know, being that that prominent guy off the hedge, off the pick and roll, uh, that really is going to determine, you know, making the smart decision. So on the other side of things, I'd argue with you and say, absolutely, he's I'm, I'm pleased by his play, not because he's missed shots and hasn't made any. You know, there Michael Jordan can miss twenty shots and, and he'll still have the great expectations that he does. So that's on the other side of things. Opening the phones for the whole show five one seven four three two three eighty nine three. Pleased by Russell Bird or not, that's what we're trying to decipher here at the Spartan Sports app. Again, if you are just tuning in, let me remind you that we that we start with MSU Sports, jump to local, and a little bit of national. So we are going to get to your Detroit Lions and Detroit Pistons in just a second here, and even a little bit of lockout news. I know David's been following it a little bit, so hopefully we'll see an end to that in the near future. Uh, in the near future, we did get to Chad Johnson a little bit earlier today. Uh, he now needs to pay $5,200 in child support, or he might go to prison. So that's what Evelyn Lozada is going to do to him if he doesn't get that done. Uh, another thing we touched on earlier was the Big Ten Conference. Like I said, we did have a caller named Dave from East Lansing. Uh, he did a very good job analyzing some of the revenue purposes and a little bit about what it means to have these two additional teams in the Big Ten Conference. Now, aside from Russell Burke, you know I've been bashing on Derek Nix for weeks. Yes. Derek Nix, if you're listening out there, I, I don't want you to travel three or four times a game. And I've definitely seen a lot of improvement. He's looked a lot better. He's he's hustled down. I think his court awareness has been a lot better. Uh, what are your thoughts on the big men and when it comes to rebounding? Well, that's their job mainly, especially on the offensive boards. If we miss shots, it's their job to grab those as many as they can. Um, 
He's only going to improve from here on out. He's getting all the jitters out of his system, even though they should be gone, if not have any <laughs> yeah. at all. True. But I I like Payne, Adrian Payne coming back. I think he's going to be a big asset to this offense, especially when Derek Nix isn't a big man that you see down low scoring, you know, 15 to 20 points a game. I don't think we've seen that yet this season, but it might happen. But I think Adrian Payne and bringing in Dawson at the guard is really going to be a huge factor for this team. Now, another thing I noticed about this team, there are a couple players that have some sky-high potential, David. They do. Brandon Kearney. I watch his play. He just looks so smooth on the court. Everything just comes so natural, and it almost looks effortless, you know, the way he rolls off screens and drives to the basket, you know, very smooth with his shooting touch as well. Uh, I'd also argue that Brandon Dawson uh, actually could be a potential Second, early second round pick. Uh, I really like what he's doing so far. Uh, he's definitely explosive, a force to be reckoned with when driving to the paint. Uh, I don't know if you remember seeing this, but there are many times where he'd get his own rebounds uh, from missed shots and lay them back and even dunk a couple of them in. Uh, just another explosive forward that historically MSC players have produced. Your thoughts on potential and pro possibilities? Yeah, Brandon Dawson, obviously, I mean, the last game, 6 for 10. 13 points, second highest on the team. This is what we expect from him as he approaches his last year as a Spartan. Um, and this is good. You, you, we see this great play out of him as a player. And I, and this is where NBA NBA teams and and organizations are really gonna are really gonna see the talent in players like Draymond Green. I believe his senior season. I mean, that's when he really broke out, and everyone was like, "All right, this guy has NBA potential." And I think we're starting to see that right now with Brandon Dawson. Hopefully so. And speaking of Draymond Green, we'll get to him a little bit later at the end of the show. I wanted to talk about our Detroit Lions, and I know this wasn't on the sheet I gave you, but I want to talk about Titus Young because this is some recent news out of today uh, that I didn't write down earlier. Uh, Titus Young earning a suspension for the Thanksgiving Day game against the Houston Texans. Uh, according to coaches, uh, there's some video from last game of the coaches yelling at each other because of Titus Young himself. Uh, it, uh, offensive coordinator Scott Linen uh, gets yelled at by the wide receiver coach Sean Jefferson about taking Titus Young out. He said, quote, this is what Sean Jefferson said to the offensive, uh, offensive coordinator. Uh, he took him out and the offensive coordinator said, what are you doing? He said this, take him out. I can't do it anymore. End quote. He's so sick of Titus Young's antics. He's complaining about not getting passes, according to them. He's complaining about fellow teammates. This is coming from the guy that sucker punched okay, Lewis Delmas at the beginning of the season. Now, we talked about this image of the Detroit Lions team this year. We talked about how this is a bad boy team. Almost like the Detroit Pistons back in the 90s. But it remains to be seen you know, how they will turn that Turn that excitement, turn that, you know, turn that, uh, basically turn their antics into success on the field. Now, uh, your thoughts to start on Titus Young's suspension, uh, you know, he isn't thrown to enough. He says uh, only having 79 yards his last three games, uh, that was after that big 100-yard game in Seattle. Uh, your thoughts on Titus Young? He's got an attitude problem. Obviously, I mean, we saw the sucker punching of, Del of Delmas in preseason and practice. Now it's a guy who thinks he's a superstar on this team and is going to want five to ten touches a game, but he is a role player, 
and everyone else sees that, but in, in his own mindset, clearly he thinks he's a bigger part of this team. Well, there's a guy named Kelvin Johnson who's on a way higher pedal stool, and I don't know. These types of issues really bother me, especially because it's professional sports. Be professional. And yes, we do have that bad boy image as Detroit, but when it comes to coming into practice and going into games, know your role, know your job, do it. You'll get the benefits out of it. You'll get the touches. You just got to be patient. And that patience. I mean, do you have necessarily that patience when it comes to Matthew Stafford? Because, you know, as you know from last game, giving the ball up with 113 to go against Green Bay, four straight incompletions, you know, by that last drive. Uh, that definitely cost them a lot of the game, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. That, those are situations that Matthew Stafford really needs to buckle down and and focus because a lot of these games we see in the NFL are close coming down the end. I think there's three overtime victories for teams throughout the league this past weekend. But we just need to close out, and it's the same thing with the Spartans. I, it was almost identical games watching them, to be honest. It's a good comparison. Sat- Saturday to Sunday, it was, it, was, it was tough to watch for both teams. But it's, it's games like that we need to close out. We saw so many games with the Spartans. They lost by there were four games, I think they lost by two or less points or something like that coming down the stretch. Now we're seeing that with the Lions. We just can't close out games, and that's what we need to do. And you know what? Another good comparison addition to that is the play calling. Although a lot of players, they're put in the positions to make plays, there are a lot of zone defenses that usually should have been some blitzes. A lot of teams, when it came to those defensive stops in the last couple quarters, a lot of those formations, you know, you know, they did mix it up a little bit. MSU, you know, running a little bit of that 4-3. You know, they did blitz a little bit from the outside. But uh, what I noticed is there was a lot of zone coverage, and it couldn't lead to the secondary coming off the edges. And for me, that was a big concern when it comes to closing out games, and I might put a little bit fall on the coaches. 517-432-3893 again for our Thanksgiving Day week show. We are opening the line for callers today. No special guest. Uh, congratulations again to Dave for winning that question of the week, uh, getting that question of the week correctly. Uh, he did win himself some Pita Pit Bucks. So definitely stay tuned for another week uh, on the Sports Wrap. You can potentially win a gift certificate to a variety of other places on the Sports Wrap. Uh, I do want to talk with you, David, uh, along with Titus Young. Let's talk about uh, which calls puzzled you the most last game. Were there any in particular from that game? Yeah, the pick six. That when they scored right before half, they yeah. put them in three. Yes, Mason Crosby missed two field goals at the end, but clear as day, block from the back. I watched the replay oh, and I couldn't get over that. Our Detroit Lions get shoved directly in the back, right in front of the right ref. in front of the. There's referee. a flag on the play, and that wasn't the call, and that just startles me how these calls we see them in the Lions game and in state games just yeah. missed calls just how not in much, our favor how much are these refs getting paid from Michigan State even yeah. we saw so many horrible in your face calls that easily should have been called back even D'Antonio he's not going to go out and talk about these refs but you know what starting this week David I'm going to look into these referees I'm going to see if these are the same referees that are continuing to referee many other games in the conference and around the country because with you know that's another topic within itself yeah. with mistakes that referees make what is the punishment are they suspended for a couple games does the league do something about it since the coaches cannot say anything about it uh, what is your opinion on that not not only are we seeing that happen but we're seeing them all at home we see all these bad calls and missed calls 
at Michigan State Stadium. Right, and, and we're not going to blame the calls we're, for the no, reason we're not. Losing. It's just that they're they're so blatant, so obvious, yeah. and so bad that it's it's hard to watch and hard to see as a fan of this football team that we have such high expectations for. When the game comes down to the line and you're fifty fifty on a call. I mean, that, that's, that's a tough decision to make as a referee when it comes down to the line like that. As, for, as far as suspensions, that's something that I think the officiating crew needs to work out with the NCAA and such. But what we've seen these past couple of weeks, both the Lions and MSU, is just it, it's tough to watch. Oh, very tough to watch. Hopefully, I, I mean, if we see another week of bad referees, I imagine there to be a huge protest. Uh, it's absurd. You know, with the instant replay always being brought up with baseball and, and even sometimes in football when you can't really review it, uh, it remains to be seen if that will improve at some point and even the quality of refs. So uh, good topics there if you want to call in or tweet at 89FM Sports Rap. And the number to call in, 517-432-3893. If you want to touch on any topics, Detroit Lions, MSU basketball, expansion or more, we are opening to all kinds of converse- conversation. Uh, besides for the calls... Who are you putting more of the fault on? Is it for Stafford in that last drive? Is it a little bit of the play calling for you, David? Your thoughts on who it was in the end? I honestly thought it was a good performance by the Lions outside of the turnovers. I mean, you look at the box score, okay? First downs, dominated them. Passing game, we had more yards. Running game, we had more wow. yards. and that should be a win. Yes, and and you see how it is like that. It's just... We win in all categories but the turnovers. And turnovers obviously are going to be game changers, and we saw it this weekend with Green Bay. Honestly, I thought the Lions did pretty good holding on because I didn't think the Lions had this close of a chance. I didn't think it was going to be this close close of a game against Green Bay and how dominant they are. But, I mean, another tough loss for the Lions, and I don't know, playoff hopes are borderline. It, they're, they're, they're treading on thin ice right now. Absolutely, and that ice might get thinner, you know, and, and what will even happen with the organization after this year? I mean, again, yeah. this is a very t- very tight NFC North, probably one of the tightest years we've seen. Yeah. Uh, a lot of additions off-season-wise from a lot of teams. It's way uh, more competitive than last year, obviously. Absolutely. 517-432-3893 is the number. We're going to jump to our Detroit Pistons for the next five minutes before we get into our goons of the week uh, with our Pistons, David. You know, starting off 0-8, as Dave got it right, worst franchise start in season history. Now, you know, this isn't the Grant Hill era where it was that bad. Uh, you know, this goes back even before the bad boy era, you know, you know, in the 60s when there was a, a little bit of a dead era with the Pistons. Are we seeing a little bit of a dead era, David, in your opinion, you know, starting from these last three years? And, and what needs to happen at the top to do so? I mean, it seems to me that they are making the right moves. They acquired Maggetti. They got rid of the cap and getting rid of Gordon and, and Villanueva. Now, there are a lot of external factors and intangibles that leads to these prominent players signing with Detroit. A lot of people you know, put a lot of fall on Dumars for not necessarily getting your, your, getting your Dwayne Wade or getting your Chris Bosh. So just to start, David, your opinion you know, on the Pistons, if they're doing everything right, and, and if this is a dead Pistons error? Um, I think it's a dead Pistons error, but like you said, we're seeing these players that we've acquired progress. I mean, Greg Monroe, he's starting to get a feel for things. Um, Brandon Knight, obviously a, a young shooter, a, a young player for this Detroit Pistons squad. I didn't know Kyle, Kyle I didn't know we acquired, acquired yeah, Kyle yeah. Singler, which right. 
when I went to the website, I was surprised. But, I mean, we have all this talent. It's just how we're going to utilize it in games. And this NBA is dominated by a top, you know, five, a handful of teams. But, I mean, I saw the win against the Celtics. That's always nice to see because yeah. they're a top contender when it comes to playoffs mm-hmm. and going for the title. But I kind of see it as a dead era. I can see us progressing each year. But this year, I think, is we're around 500, maybe a little bit above if we get all the kinks out and start building a momentum. But dead era, yes. 500 or above, I would say yes as well. Interesting thoughts. Now, you did mention Monroe. Uh, I did see actually a statistic today that he's had about 100 straight games of five rebounds or more. I caught that today, yeah. And, uh, you know, that's great to see. Uh, Does he put you in an all-star caliber mindset when selecting an all-star team this year? Are you giving him some consideration? This year, no, unless he keeps up what he's doing and maybe improves the, the statistics that he's been putting up all season. But if not this year, I would say either next year or the following year after that. I mean, this, he has a lot of potential, and we're starting to see the the athletic ability that he possesses, and it's only going to get better for the Pistons having him in the lineup. And another thing to note, they, we did see Andre Drummond and Monroe at the same time on the court. A lot of people liked that last game. Uh, they uh, looked pretty good together. They started to mesh well. They went on a couple big runs you know, during that game. Uh, would you like to see a little bit more of Drummond and Monroe? Is this necessarily the best combination? Or no, no, it could. I mean, you might as well try it out. We'll see how it works out for the Pistons. I mean, but having those two big of guys on the court can only be a positive in my in my mind, I mean, maybe the shooting might not be as strong as other players on the court, but as far as rebounding and playing defense, I mean, defense wins championships, we hear all the time. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we'll see how they play throughout the rest of the season and how the head coach, you know, starts the lining up or who comes off the bench. But I see Greg Monroe, 34 minutes a game, got Andre Drummond at 15. If we can boost up Drummond a little bit more, I think it's going to be a uh, positive thing for the Pistons. Absolutely. Now, what do they do with the guards? Because Brandon Knight was considered a steal in the draft. He's meshing a little bit with Stucky. They got McGinney and Singler rotating at shooting guard small forward. They got other couple guys they're looking at. How do you rotate these two guys in to continue the year, David? Just one after another, in my opinion. I mean, I think that this when you're in the professional, you need to feed off of each other, especially in the basketball. Um, Brandon Knight, yes, he's great young talent. Rodney Stuckey, I feel he's he's been there a little bit more. I think he's been there longer in a Pistons uniform. But I think these two guys as guards are going to be beneficial for the Pistons. It's just how consistent they can stay throughout the year. Absolutely. 517-432-3893. We're just getting into the last five minutes of the show, which means it is the time for our goons with an S of the week. Uh, This is definitely a very funny week in terms of goons. Uh, Aside from the Titus Young aspect, uh, pretty much talked about how much of a goon he is already. Let's start with Detroit Red Wing defenseman Ian White. And this gets in a little bit to the lockout, which we're going to discuss. Defenseman Ian White. Had some very bad words for Commissioner Gary Bettman. He said this, quote, I gotta be honest. I personally think he's an idiot. Since he's come in, I think he's done nothing but damage the game, end quote. He goes on to talk about how frustrating it's been. Could have been done even in the summer. Uh, David, your thoughts, being the hockey guy that you are, on the lashing out at Gary Bettman, was this uncalled for? Uh, obviously, you know, 
very stressful uh, employment demands, you know, when it comes to the NHL labor unions and disputes. But uh, your thoughts on him lashing out, will there be some kind of uh, penalized uh, or suspension, uh, anything that you can see? I'm not sure if they can actually give him a suspension or a fine because technically there is no season, but... I, he's not the only source that lashed out at Gary Bettman. Uh, Christopher Stieg, another player in the NHL, actually called Gary said Gary Bettman was a cancer to the game, which I think is oh, a little wow. bit more deep than saying he's an idiot. But, I mean, the, the players are getting frustrated at this point. All they want is hockey. I mean, you see all these the elite athletes in the league, they're going over to Europe and getting into all these other leagues while, you know, your role players like Ian White and Christopher Stieg, they're not really big names in NHL and they just want to play hockey and you can see the frustration obviously it's getting it's it's getting to them now and now they're finally addressing it I don't know if that's going to help but I mean the NHL and the NHLPA has been in meetings week after week and just still haven't been able to figure it out so I mean both our guesses on how long this lockout and or goes on for are still still valid right now right but until december passes yours is gone but i i don't know it's it's tough to talk because we don't know what goes on inside those meetings specifically right, and how much right, progress right. they're making yep. but hopefully there's an nhl season now one thing i really do like about the fact that ian white did come out is this is the detroit red wing team this is hockey town i'd rather hear a statement like this from you know the defense from the detroit red wings than any other team because you know they need to set the precedent. They need to, you know, to expand the league and, and to expand the knowledge of many fans out there and really, you know, get them to see how frustrated these players are. Very good to see. Now, I want to know your opinions on Bettman, David. I know we need to stay biased. Your thoughts on what he's done. Is he really the worst thing to hockey? Yeah, he's up there. If not one, <laughs> he's number two. What does he need to do better? Get the NHL in season. Get get things together as a whole. I mean... You see the last few years winning at teams, winning the Stanley Cup. It's the greatest trophy in sports, in my opinion. Yeah. That's totally up in the air. But anytime he grabs the mic to introduce the captain to come get the, or whoever to get the Smythe or to come up and get the Stanley Cup, you just hear boos, boos throughout the stadium. And that must be tough as a commissioner. It's not an easy job. And I'm not saying it is. But when you put the NHL, not him personally, but when you allow the NHL to go into a lockout three times in eight years, I mean, you just got to look at the main problem, and that's Gary Bettman, the commissioner of the whole league. Now, you've been keeping up with some updates. Any news in terms of it coming back soon? No, no, nothing at all. They they had a meeting today, um, private meeting between the NHL PA and the NHL. Um, I don't think players attended this meeting today, but... No, no progress, in my uh, opinion. Yeah, well, let's see if it does come in full circle. Again, we're going to jump to our final goon real quick. This is pretty funny. Yeah. This the- is our very own Draymond Green. After making his first basket as a Golden State Warrior, he proceeds to be teed up, getting a technical foul from the referee simply by being excited for his made basket. He was ranting a little bit, saying it was wet. You know, I made it. I made the shot. Oh, yeah. You know, let's go. And apparently, you know, his, you know, his celebration, call it a celebration, was too much. So on the other side of things, 
The ref is almost a goon for me, too. Yeah. It's not like he's a Rasheed Wallace staring down the referee and demanding respect. I mean, yeah. this is his first basket in celebrating. So, David, your thoughts real quick on Draymond Green. Oh, good for Draymond Green to get the first points. If that was me in the NBA, I would probably be freaking out just as much as he did for the ref to give him a technical. Uh, I mean, it's up in the air. I didn't see it, so I don't know how excessive his celebration was. But Right. But... Congrats to him on making his first basket and many more to come. Absolutely. For those of us at the Spartan Sports Rep, we appreciate you every Monday for joining us. We want to remind you, we'll be back next Monday from 7 to 8 on 88.9, your FM dial. Also listen online, impact89fm.org. I'm Alex Sharg. To my left, I'm David DeFever. And we'll be back next week. Have a great turkey, everybody. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89FM.